Hey, before we get started with this podcast, I just wanted to make sure that you know about mandarinblueprint.com slash resources. We have a wealth of free resources to help you achieve fluency, including eBooks, flashcards, newsletters, speaking and writing packs, quizzes to test your level, a study plan, and a checklist to make sure you're on track. And don't forget, we also feature interviews with top language learning experts to give you the latest tips and tricks to help you reach your goals. Just head over to mandarinblueprint.com slash resources to get started building your Mandarin Blueprint today. On with the show. Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint podcast, episode 197. We've decided to go kind of back to just the standard Q&A format and do a possibly a separate video connected to the newsletter that we put out every couple of weeks instead. So before, what we were doing was making an extra long podcast and sort of talking for a long time about a certain subject that we found interesting and hopefully useful to you guys regarding learning Chinese or learning languages. And then we would jump into the Q&A. We've decided to instead just make Make that as a separate video, like an actual YouTube video or a separate podcast, and do the Q&A. Just that's all we do is a Q&A. Now, that's not to say that's all we'll do in these Q&A things, especially with Phil. Phil likes to also just jump into a topic that interests him as well. I do too, uh, if the mood takes me. But generally, we'll be just sticking to this whole Q&A format. And we've got some awesome emails. We still get awesome emails from you guys every week, uh, which is fantastic. And we've got today some of my most favorite kind of emails, which is what I, I guess I could refer to as milestone emails. I'm not sure what's happening, the stars are aligning or whatever. But this week, the last week or two, we've just had several people make nice breakthroughs in the language or uh, finish a certain level of the Mandarin Blueprint Method, and they have decided to write a really nice comment or an email. And I think that you guys listening, whether you're just starting with the Mandarin Blueprint Method or you are you know, uh, not even on the course, but you're learning Chinese, I think you'll find it very useful, maybe even inspiring. So next is Jimmy, James. Um, so Jimmy's been with us for a while now. Actually, uh, I had the privilege of talking to him and his family. Um, and we've been sort of going back and forth as we do with many of our members over a long period of time. And he basically came to us, I believe, correct if I'm wrong, Jimmy, but zero Chinese. And within like a year, he finished the entire course, I believe, uh, 3,000 characters, essentially near native level of understand, uh, you know, characters. Not saying he can read and understand at a native level at the moment, but he's definitely got the foundation to be able to do that relatively quickly. And then I believe last year, I encouraged him to get more into immersion along with a couple of other people like Gavia, for example. And he found great success with that. He wants to take his, his family to Taiwan. And uh, I believe that's some point very soon. Uh, he's probably going to mention it in this email. But he's just made great progress in such a short amount of time. And this is a guy with, you know, he's like, uh, how many kids is two kids or three, I can't remember, I'm trying to picture the video call I had with him. <laughs> I know he's got two boys, at least. I'm not sure, I think he might have a little girl as well, but I can't remember, sorry. Um, but he's got, you know, kids, and he's got a full-time job, and a house to run, and all this sort of stuff. And he's spending, you know, still managing to spend a really nice amount of time each day on this habit. And consistently, most importantly, it's not necessarily the amount of time per day, it's can you do that time consistently. So I believe he's spending at least an hour or two a day on this project, and it's paying off big time. So let's have a little lesson. He says, Hi, Luke and Phil, it's been a while since I touched base with you guys. And I thought you might like to hear how things are going for me. First of all, I want to thank you again for teaching me 3000 plus Chinese characters. It's amazing to think that at about two hours a day, I managed to learn to read a lot of the most useful Chinese language in a year. 
that's about five years quicker than it took me to learn my native language. Uh, or that's not really fair because you didn't really have a fully de developed brain. Um, but uh, I, get, I get your point. I really appreciate that. It's an incredible gift to have and I don't think I could have done it without you. I had been doing the Heising books, but being given all the tools to break it down a lot more, connect the pieces a lot better. I didn't have to go back and learn pronunciation for one thing, as well as embed all the reviewing into the course was invaluable. It's really is a world-class course. Thank you so much. So I finished the course in June last year and I've just been plowing my way through as much content as I possibly can. I did find that it's one thing to know two characters and another thing to know the compound word. And it's yet, of course, another thing to know, like a full sentence, you know, and, and process everything. But slowly I'm getting there. Um, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of stories since June, and it's paying off. I had a few speaking lessons in July, but was really disappointed in myself. I just couldn't process fast enough and just couldn't output well enough. I felt I needed more input time, so I decided to delay speaking lessons. I found a new tutor in November. She has been fantastic for me. She's so patient and reassuring. And this time I found that I improved quite quickly. Within four weeks, I was getting most of what she said at native speed. The outputting has taken a while to get into. Some of it is learning how to use what you know and not just trying to translate from English. As Luke has been saying recently, simple sentences that are correct beat more complex, incorrect sentences hands down. I love every lesson. That's fantastic as well. I signed up to Chinese Pod about a month ago to get some good conversation exposure as I was finding a lot of what I was reading was great but not as useful as conversation material as what I really wanted to do is talk with Chinese speaking people. I really like Chinese Pod and the content is great and I'm picking up lots of phrases after many times of listening to the dialogues on repeat. In a month, I've read through and learned to understand about 140 dialogues which I think is invaluable. Yeah, and you know, I. I've, I've always been a big fan of Chinese for Chinese pod since um, since I started learning Chinese really uh, I don't think they're as good now I think their content is not quite as good as it used to be um, they've had a few like they've had a lot of turnover in terms of their employees and different approaches to making content and stuff but it's still really solid um, and before it was just like just hilarious and like really creative dialogue so you can go back and listen to some of the older ones I always recommend if you're a learner, um, you know, to get into, uh, just download the dialogues and listen to them on repeat. Make sure you understand everything. And, uh, you know, if you want, maybe review something in flashcards and stuff like that. But generally, I think just listening to those dialogues on repeat, like Jimmy is doing here, it's very helpful. And that's something that we would like to move towards as well, I think. You know, um, I think that the Mandarin Blueprint method is like the backbone of your study. You know, you learn characters, you can learn to read pretty much that I don't think there's anywhere close like any other method genuinely doesn't come close to the Mandarin Blueprint method in terms of taking you from zero to literacy and understanding through listening as well um, but in order to really speak Chinese you know you need to also get tons of input and tons of output practice and also conversational style input you know lower level sort of um, I say lower level but more just yeah conversational more something you can use day to day or certain topics for specific purposes, like in the, in the restaurant, in the hotel and stuff like that. And that is a direction that we want to move in, in terms of creating content. Because everyone has like this outcome that they want, right, which is fluent Chinese. But, um, uh, you know, we want to get you to that out, uh, outcome faster, or at least like you feel like you're getting there faster as well. So I think um, learning more 
immediately useful language and combining it with the Mandarin Blueprint method is the way forward. And I want to touch a little bit on here about output as well. I think that there are different theories when it comes to acquiring language and uh, the input theory is definitely the one for me. Like, I think that it's you can't output what you don't input, right? So, you know, it's kind of like the, that is should be the cornerstone of your study, in my opinion, at least at first, once you're a beginner and an intermediate. It's like input, input, input. But I also think that you should put a heavy focus on output, you know, even before you think you're ready, you know, just try and use what you learn, even immediately, really. There is a lot of benefit to that. Again, don't feel pressure to do that, especially early on. But when you get towards the intermediate course or the intermediate Mandarin movement course, or just generally, you feel like you're about an intermediate, you know, like, you know, like a few thousand words, maybe a thousand characters or so, and you can start to understand Chinese media, right? Uh, easier Chinese media, you can start to like where Jimmy is. I think it's a good idea at that point to really hit output hard, all right, if you haven't already, and push yourself to, you know, just book a few lessons, speak, speak with a language exchange partner or a tutor at least once a week, you know, and then maybe ratchet that, ratchet that up when you feel comfortable or if you can afford it. Because um, uh, paid lessons are always better, but they can be a bit pricey. That, you know, 20 bucks an hour can sort of <laughs> creep up on you. If you just spend all your time listening and watching, um, then, and no output, then you will most likely find it hard to hang on to what you learn. Now, we can help there a lot by making flashcards out of your content. But that's extra time, it's time intensive and stuff like that. But if you do that, that's fantastic. That will solve that problem, I think, to a large degree. But if you actually have meaningful interactions with people, you know, your yi de hua, yi, like have actual meaningful conversations, you connect with other people. I'm not saying you have to discuss philosophy, you know, like you're actually just connecting with another human being, right? And you're having a chat. And if you, the words you, if you learn new words during that conversation, that's kind of a natural mnemonic in a way because you have emotional content there. It's a very good idea to uh, just develop that output habit. I know there's, it, it can be tough, right? Because you've got like, you know, especially when you're on our course because we throw everything at you so fast. You know, you're learning so much stuff so quickly. Uh, it can even be overwhelming at first. You're learning, like you just master pronunciation, then you're learning components, then characters. And then as soon as you start to master characters, we're like, here's compound words. And then you master compound words. And it's like, here's a bunch of sentences. And then it's like you're leveling up so quick and it can be overwhelming. But once you get to the intermediate course, you've mastered all those different moving parts. And as soon as that starts to get comfortable, you start to get in a groove and you start to be able to understand, start hitting speaking hard. So I recommend, you know, uh, this is I'm talking to myself here as well. I need to push myself to speak more, even though I do live in China. But just generally, I'm so busy and in my office all the time. <laughs> so um, I do try and book a speaking session at least once a week. You know, with uh, one of my italki people, but I recommend you do the same. Anyway, uh, Jimmy says, I made some Chinese friends last August and I could speak a little with them, but I didn't get much of what they said. We went to go uh, and see them again in January. The difference was huge, awesome. Just a few months later, there was a few times I caught them out as I was able to understand what they said. That was pretty cool. All in all, I'm loving ch learning Chinese and I'm just relaxed into it now, taking in as much as I can and it's working. We have some friends in Taiwan who we're going to see for eight weeks next January. Okay, there you go. We've, we will have been saving for over three years and been learning Chinese with that in mind. And I'm starting to feel that I may be fluent enough to really enjoy it. Well, I think so too. Um, thanks again. Hope it's all going well at Mandarin Blueprint headquarters, Jimmy. Yeah, 
so that's what I would recommend to you, Jimmy, and anyone else listening that's sort of around the similar level, perhaps, or higher. Hey, folks, Bill here, and I wanted to quickly tell you about our free newsletter called Mandarin Insights. Luke and I both recognize that in a long-term project like Learning Mandarin, there are a lot of emotional ups and downs. So we want to make sure we're in touch with you every couple of weeks with something that's either educational, inspirational, motivational, or all three. So if you'd like to sign up for the Mandarin Insights newsletter to have it arrive in your inbox, you can do so by going to mandarinblueprint.com slash newsletter. And like I said, it's free and it always will be. There's also a link below in the description. Back to the show. Um, if you want to see faster results, because a lot of, a lot of the time you can feel like you're kind of stuck. You're like, maybe you feel like um, can't see the wood for the trees, I believe. That's the phrase, right? Where you focus on so much on like, okay, I need to immerse. I need to review my flashcards but you feel like you're not really progressing. And that's because if you don't speak enough, you're losing the point of what you're doing this all for. You're doing this all so you can actually speak fluently. Even if you are making progress, because acquisition is sort of subconscious, it's very slow and gradual. Um, and yeah, you, even if you found like a piece of content that you love and you're consuming it and you understand it and you're like, ah, oh, cool, I can understand that and that and that. And like, oh, I learned a new word there. Even if you're making flashcards out of that content, it won't truly feel meaningful until you start using it. It's gonna suck at first, by the way. You're gonna suck at first, right? It's inevitable. Uh, even I suck sometimes when I get on, a, get on a call and I'm just like, okay, we're talking about something I'm, I'm not familiar with, and you get humbled often, right? But it's, you know, you learn to enjoy that process, get through it, push through, push through that feeling of just like, oh. You push through it after like three sessions, maybe even in the first session, but like, oh, if you keep pushing through regularly, at least once a week, maybe even more, right? You have like two, three, five, ten sessions. After ten sessions in a row, you know, five weeks, let's say, two sessions a week. If you can do that, on the tenth session, I guarantee you'll feel better about where you are with Chinese or any language you're learning. Right? So just try that out. So thank you so much, Jimmy. Uh, keep pushing that speaking. Um, and, you know, keep going with the immersion as well. Maybe do like focus on maybe trying like half-half or 75% immersion, 25% speaking split your time something like that maybe even half half or maybe if you really want to go crazy do it the other way around you know 25 percent immersion and just 75 percent speaking and just see what happens stay in touch let me know how it goes so christopher has made it to the end of the course let's see what he has to say wow made it <laughs> when i started with mandarin blueprint it didn't even have a character 3050 yes we pretty much pretty recently expanded we doubled the size of the course from like um actually i can't remember it's like over a year ago now but we doubled the size of it. We knew that's where we were headed, and back then, to reach this point seemed like the summit of Mount Everest. Now I'm here, I think it seems more like I've arrived at base camp. Having trekked from the Bay of Bengal, quite a journey, steadily putting one character in front of the other, thanks so much to Phil and Luke for synthesizing different fields of knowledge to create this approach, which has made it possible for me to become so fascinated with this language. Thanks to the other MBs, MBers for your posts and inspiration, especially those in the early days, including Chad, Dom, Julian, Asia, and William. You know, yeah, definitely the OGs. Uh, they are the real legends of language learning. You hear that, guys? Thanks to all my actors. I couldn't have done it without you. There's too many to name, but you know who you are. By the way, if you're not sure what he means, actors are the people you imagine uh, in your mind people from your life usually or celebrities that represent uh, opinion initials in our memory palace technique <laughs> so you build a very strong relationship with those characters those actors 
uh, as you make your way through the courts. As you can imagine, 3,000 mental uh, images and mental scenes. Now, I'm looking forward to setting off from base camp and gaining some altitude pretty quickly, putting time into active listening, revisiting all those short stories, and expanding my world of comprehensible input. That'll be fun. And I'm looking forward to those flashcard review decks gradually tra trailing off too. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Thanks again, Luke and Phil. Looking forward to staying in touch with MB. Thank you so much, uh, Christopher. And, you know, uh, follow my advice that I gave to Jimmy. You know, you've got an awesome foundation just like he has, and it's time to build on that. And it's not just with comprehensible input, it's also with repeated, regular speaking practice. Now, you can also, it doesn't have to be necessarily always conversations. There's lots of stuff you can do by yourself. You can talk to yourself. Uh, you can also do shadowing practice. These will help massively as well. Uh, having conversations with yourself in the mirror or recording yourself on your computer using QuickTime or something like that, um, that can be really cool, really helpful too. Just keep going, you know, push through, um, and you're gonna amaze yourself pretty quickly. Next is from Theodore, um, level 58. So well done as well, it's incredible progress also. He says, I'm finally here. The intermediate course has been an interesting journey. At the end of the foundation course, I had just started to dip my toes into easy immersion materials, but I'm amazed what I can understand now. Previously listening to the podcast, uh, I've never heard of that one. Oh, is that oh coffee break? Of course, yeah, coffee break Chinese. Uh, cool. Uh, was a real struggle, and I had to constantly look up words. Today, I have listened to all sixty-one episodes, and it is easy. I don't know every single word, but enough that I can easily follow along when using transcripts. And even without them, I do passive immersion. This is not to say that I'm fluent. I still struggle to comprehend other immersion material. In some cases, it's due to a lack of Hanzi knowledge, like character knowledge. But often it's a lack of vocabulary, probably more often the lack of vocabulary, right? I often find myself understanding 99% of the characters in a text, but still not completely comprehending the full picture. It's, pretty, it's a pretty surreal experience that Hanza is not necessarily the hard part anymore. Who could have thought? This is mainly due to me not spending a lot of time with the unlocked sentences. I simply read them once and continue, but I'm confident that I'm able to catch up if I continue to be diligent with my immersion and maybe revisit some old sentences if needed. For some data, I started the intermediate course on the 20th of December, uh, 2022. I initially kept a pace of 10 new characters a day. At level 45, I started a new pace of 20 characters a day. This was also around the time when I stopped adding new sentences to my review. It's nice to be able to have a higher tempo, but it requires me to immerse a lot more, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, there's a balance. So we always give you a choice around the intermediate course. It's like you can just focus heavily on characters and less on the sentences we give you. Because the sentences are infinite, really, aren't they? So you can just you can also substitute them with immersion, as as uh, as Theodore has chosen to do here. So but if you focus just on the characters, you'll get to the end quicker, but you won't have a necessarily a deep knowledge of the vocabulary and things like that and the grammar of those words, how the, how the words behave once you get to the end. You will have an awesome backbone, a skeleton, if you want, uh, a, a core, a foundation, but uh, you'll still have to do a lot of work to build on that. On the other hand, you can sort of, uh, there's other people that go the other extreme where they review every single sentence using their flashcard software. Um, and that is also great. There's no right or wrong way. So he continues, another thing I noticed during the intermediate course was that my visualization skills have really improved. Yes, it is a muscle that everyone can improve on. So that's a really good point to remember. 
during the early stages of the foundation course, it was hard for me to form sentences in my head, or sorry, scenes in my head. I had to be really careful when choosing actors and props to make sure that they were really distinctive in my mind and had a clear usage or behavior. I also couldn't animate my scenes. Instead, I had to form still images in my mind, preferably constructing a snapshot that contained actors, props, and meaning all in one. That was really challenging, but now I don't stress about it at all. I can choose any prop I want, as long as I'm familiar enough with it, I can even form all the special effects, such as zooming in, slow motion, and changing camera angles. Yeah, I remember this myself as well, when, I, when Phil and I were doing this, uh, this, this, this method. I remember the exact same thing, you know. Um, starting off, like everything's very hazy and blurry and not very clear, it's very hard to make them move and stuff like that. But by the end, I mean, even after a few hundred characters, I was like, boom, just making, you know, Phil was doing a hundred scenes a day, you know, towards the end. It just gets so much easier. It's like anything. That's why it always makes us really sad um, and just like disappointed when someone gives up on the course after like, you know, two or three or five characters or 10 characters even. They're like, oh, I can't get this. Um, or I'm not very good at this. It's taking me too long. And often it's just they're doing one thing wrong or they need a little bit of advice, but they give up on it. And it's such a shame because it's like, how could I say? I don't really know what the, I guess it's, here's a bad analogy. I guess it's like trying to trying to harvest a crop or something with this scythe, this, this, this blade, and you haven't sharpened the blade yet. And you're like, oh, this is rubbish. This is not working. And it's just like, everything's just falling over, but not being cut. And uh, we're just trying to, Point and he's like, no, you just need to sharpen it a little bit more. It's like, oh, if I sharpen it, it's still going to be hard. So I'm just going to quit. You know, and it's such a shame because it's always like compared to what, you know, like, so you're now, now your alternative is like what? Like learning. I mean, I guess the Heisig is a pretty good alternative, but then you're going to have to learn pronunciation separately, the tones and stuff like that. And you're, you're going to suffer in that way. It's going to take you at least twice as long. Um, so, or, or even worse, you're going to learn by rote or just not learn them at all. And it's just, I don't see any other happy, like happier ending, you know. Um, so it's really good that um, I love it when I see people like, oh, it's a bit tough, but I'm going to push through because I trust the process. You know, I trust this method's going to work. So uh, Teodor continues. I wanted to bring up, bring this up because I don't think it's highlighted enough in this program. We are not only improving our Chinese, we are also improving our visualization skills as well. This is, of course, not only useful for Chinese, but for almost anything in life, as memory athletes have shown us. Training visualization gives us the tools to remember anything we want. Maybe we need to use different techniques to encode data, but the main principle of visualization is still the same. Anyway, thank you, Luke and Phil, as always, for creating such an amazing platform. See you in the upper intermediate course. Well done. And that's such a great point at the end there. I agree. Phil and I actually, I just when you said that, I just remembered like, us, we did a speech in Chinese, right? at, um, it was like an entrepreneurship competition. Uh, I, I think we came like third or second or something like that. But uh, we did this speech in Chinese and we were so, I was especially nervous. I, I'm not really a good public speaker. Um, and uh, it's in Chinese as well, right? So we were both in our hotel room and we built a memory palace using the journey method. So you can just go look that up. But it's, it's a very common method used to like memorize speeches or memorize poems or whatever, or shopping lists. It's like a journey in your mind. You walk around and different objects represent different sections of the speech. Anyway, we did great. We, I, I thought we did really well. Uh, and we only practiced for like an evening, right? Or you know, an evening and then a bit in the morning. Um, uh, and it worked wonders. 
you know, so, and it's a kind of, yeah, it is a skill that you can do some pretty amazing stuff with. Next is John. Uh, again, John's been with us for a long time as well. He says, this is my second go round with Mandarin Blueprint. I, I now can make this my priority. Uh, was in the hospital off and on since December 25th, 2020. Oh, that's a shame going in the hospital Christmas. Um, and my doctor wants me to not to be overactive. I'm not working and I want disability. That said, I have put aside all distractions. The biggest was studying two languages at once, French, which I'm more advanced in. However, I'm taking Luke's advice about making Chinese my number one priority, along with health, of course. Despite the fact that it is possible to study French and Mandarin at the same time, there became the time issue. I made the decision to devote two hours a day to studying Mandarin, maybe more, instead of an hour on French in the AM and Mandarin in the PM. Um, I struggled with the hands and movie, movie method because I made them too complicated. This is such a common problem as well. When we used to teach this live, we had some really interesting stories, but people, that's one thing that people will try and do. That's why one of our key guidelines is early on in the course, we're like, keep it simple, keep it simple. It's like a mantra we keep re repeating in the videos um, because we know from experience that people, it's just a natural inclination because it is fun, it's interesting. So people like think they're like the architect from the Matrix movies or something. They're like, they're making this thing that doesn't even exist in real life. <laughs> it's like, you're not God. <laughs> you don't have to like create new things, you know, that don't even exist, you're not even like familiar with. Just keep it simple. It's the biggest, that's the most important rule really. I am a visual person as my vocation is a Chinese and Japanese art historian. Um, I'm only going to focus on Mandarin, and try to keep my movies memorable. I took the time, very valuable to do revision on the pronunciation segment, wish me luck. Well, very good luck to you, John, uh, and you know, good to hear you're back and giving it another go. And you can always reach out and keep us updated, okay? Thank you so much. Another one from Theodore, he says, aha, yes, I agree with all the others about how you land tool, thanks for the laugh. And this is rather cryptic, but once you guys get to um, the Mandarin Blueprint Method, get to Lan, okay? which means blue, right, Lanza, right? You get to that character in the method, which is pretty deep into the method. Uh, we left a little Easter egg there for you. And that's all I'm gonna say, okay? But it is hilarious and I wrote it and I'm very proud of it. Uh, <laughs> Gabriel Pereira on uh, how to develop great study habits. He just says, thank you guys, really starting to feel some momentum. Well, that's fantastic to hear. Uh, yes, those, those are some like bonus videos. We actually, since then, we've made an entire course on building habits because it, it's just such an important thing, perhaps even the most important aspect of everything, even more important than the methods you use, potentially. Because uh, again, if you don't show up, if you don't do it, then it doesn't matter how good your methods are, right? So yeah, I'm glad you're feeling momentum. Uh, keep that up and uh, again, reach out if you need anything. Because that, that momentum, that's a great word actually, that momentum is really um, very important too. It's, it's tough to lose that. That's why I use a habit tracker and I keep my uh, habit tracker on. Next is Jen uh, on language learning tripod. This is an idea we got from Steve Kaufman, uh, the three aspects of language learning. One is uh, attitude and an aspect of a good attitude, if you wanna be a successful language learner, is to accept the culture. It's called cultural weightlessness. You know, just like, don't necessarily think that your culture is superior to the one that you're learning about um, and try and sort of, don't you have to become Swedish or become Chinese or become French, but like, you know, be genuinely, uh, see it as at least equal to yours. Next is Lancelot, uh, and he just says, I'm going for insanity. And what he means by that is we have a Mandarin Blueprint challenge. Okay, so there's two different types of challenge. So the, the challenge essentially is become 
achieve basic literacy in Chinese in like 15 days from zero. Uh, and it's only cost $7 at the time of making this podcast. We might increase that at some point because it really is a crazy price because we like give you permanent access to the first 20 levels of our course, you know, just to sort of show you what is possible uh, with, with the course. And there's the insanity. We get through the first 13 levels uh, in 15 days, like almost a level a day, which, and the levels get bigger as you go. So it starts off really small and very easy, and then it get, the levels get bigger, so it's more of a workload as you get through. And also, also, like I said earlier, getting used to like learning characters, learning words, looking at sentences at the end. But by the end, you go from nothing, from zero, to essentially reading Chinese without help, without pinyin, without English translation, and it's awesome. Okay, so again check out our website we have it there on the courses section so that's the insanity challenge so well done Lancelot very best of luck to you uh, and you know if you don't manage to make it through that no shame about that okay especially if some stuff you know, life happens to you or whatever and you can't make it through but if you do make it through that's amazing and that momentum that I mentioned about earlier that will just keep you going as well and you'll be able to get through the course ridiculously fast after that and finally we have Dean uh, and he just says, uh, asks, asks a simple question. He says, "Does 我想你了 have a romantic connotation, or is this something one would say to friends and family members as well?" I don't believe it. It's exclusively romantic, but it certainly has a romantic feel, uh, and it's, it's definitely more often used between couples and things like that, in my experience. Um, but like, 我想你了, I wouldn't say that to like my brother if I was if I was Chinese. You know, my brother was Chinese. I just I just feel like guys saying that to each other like it's just it's just a bit it's just a bit um not guy like i suppose but um a guy, i can imagine saying that to my mom uh like, but saying that yeah but generally uh that's how i feel about that particular phrase um but both are okay but just uh very very sparingly if not completely avoid <laughs> like guys to guys perhaps but i can imagine like uh no, I can, I'm talking to my family, and yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, I would just definitely make, not between bros. Bro, I miss you. Like it, 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 It's different in English than it is in Chinese, but that's just my personal feeling about that word. I've just never seen it used in that particular context, but could be wrong, but uh, that's how I would, uh, maybe a Chinese native would be able to give you a different explanation. But anyway, that's my take on that, and uh, thank you guys so much for listening uh, this week, or this month, I guess. And uh, if you have any questions or you, you want to inquire about our courses, you want to learn Chinese ridiculously fast, just get in contact with us at contact at mandarinblueprint.com. We'll answer pretty much any questions you have. We usually get back to you within a few hours, definitely within 24 hours, though. All right, I hope this was helpful, and we'll see you again next month. Bye-bye. That's it for today's episode of the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. Are you ready to take your Chinese to the next level? Join the Mandarin Blueprint Challenge for just $7 and reach basic literacy in just 15 days. Sign up now at mandarinblueprint.com slash challenge. Also, if you haven't signed up for the Mandarin Insights newsletter yet, you are missing out. Head over to mandarinblueprint.com slash newsletter to get it in your inbox every two weeks. It's free now and it always will be. And for even more resources to help you acquire Chinese faster, check out mandarinblueprint.com slash resources. Everything on that page is free. Naturally, we love for you to follow us on YouTube and all social media. So head over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button and search Mandarin Blueprint on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and more. Thanks for tuning into the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. See you next time.